Well, hey, everybody. Here we are at episode 17, my favorite number, lucky 17. Today's episode is with Camille Washington. Camille is the co-director of Good Company Theater and the marketing and box office manager for Onstage Ogden. Good Company Theater is the only Black-owned and administrated theater in Utah. Before her current posts, Camille was curatorial fellow for diversity in the arts at the Walker Art Institute in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and also held positions at Berkeley Art Museum, Pacific Film Archive, and New Langton Arts in San Francisco. Her play, Oda Might, will have its world premiere at Plan B Theatre Company in November 2019. Camille received her BA in Art History from the University of Utah in 2006 and her MA in Exhibition and Museum Studies from the San Francisco Art Institute in 2009. Okay, here it comes. Sometimes art feels like magic, pure, visionary. And sometimes it's brought to you in part by focus groups and algorithms. And the makers of art are no different. We're creatives, sure, but we're also salespeople. We need imagination and imitation. We need deep, meaningful connections. But we also have to network. Yep, even if you're an introvert. And that's my point. Balancing vulnerability with veneer is tricky, and it's a struggle we don't often share. So let's share. I'm Emily Merrill, and this is Artifice. This episode of Artifice is brought to you by Blue Chic. Blue Sheet creates WordPress website themes and design templates that have helped tens of thousands of entrepreneurs build a beautiful online presence. For those of us who are professional creatives, it's so important to have a website that looks and feels as artful as the art you make. But we all know it's easier said than done. When I found Blue Sheik a few years ago, I was blown away by their gorgeous themes and purchased mine without hesitation. I had absolutely no web design experience or skills, but Blue Sheik's amazing documentation empowered me to build a site I can really be proud of. Head to www.bluchic.com to see which theme works best for you and use promo code BCARTIFICE for 10% off your purchase today. It is tricky. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's it's the kind of thing where, like, there are so many people who are so similar to each other mm-hmm. that, like, if you if you aren't, like, exactly the same, it's makes, like, it seems like you're more different. Yes. Um, you yes, know it, I mean? yeah, it accentuates the differences for sure. Yeah. And you're so aware of yourself and your difference in that way. Yeah. And I think I have a little bit of a leg up because I was I'm from here, but yeah, it's still a it's just a strange one. And you're and you're down here, so I've yeah. never been. I went to school at the U. Um, I started at um, my undergrad at the University of Pittsburgh, but okay, I finished at the University yeah. of Utah, and that's about as far south as yeah. I've ever really. <laughs> and I've never like when I moved here from Texas. Yeah, is oh, that? No, are you I'm, I just want to be able to look at you. Okay, yeah, great. this is good. Yeah, and these are like super close range mics, so just like hug them right up in yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> okay, <laughs> great. And if you need anything, just let me know. Okay. Um. Yeah, I think I when I moved here, I was I was twenty. Four. I had like just gotten married. Mm-hmm. And my husband's from here, which is mm-hmm. why we moved here because he was starting grad school at the U. Mm-hmm. And I just like, I don't know. I I just haven't felt like. I think maybe because when we moved here, I was like needed to just start making money really quickly. Yes. And I and I've been really fortunate that I I haven't had to do any like non art jobs. Hmm. 
Um, I've been able to kind of like hustle. That's good. My, it seems like Andrew might be home for lunch, my husband. So <laughs> Bear's going to go check that out. Um, yeah. So I think because I was just like so focused on that, I, and like, I don't know if you're not in college here, you're not from here and you mm-hmm. work alone, like many of us like art mm-hmm. solopreneurs do. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you find that community? You know? Well, for us up north, I'll just call it up north, (laughs) in Ogden, uh, what, so my sister and I run Good Company Theater, and we create our own community. We've created our own community, uh, and we've been in um, operation for seven years. Wow. Which is about when I came back to, yeah, I've been back in Utah eight years. And it's just, it's just really... uh, especially in the arts and especially in non-traditional pathways in the arts yeah. here. There's a lot of musical theater here. There's a yeah. lot of Choir. vocal vocal performance yeah. here. Yeah. And so when my studies were visual arts, yeah. visual culture, and there's just not, not a real community here. Yeah. And so I found my way into theater through visual arts and through mm. the ways that I think about visual culture and how that relates to theatrical performance. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of, but it's still hard. Yeah. It's, it's still, tricky. Yeah. And a lot of my friends that I knew way back are gone now. Yeah. So it was also like re putting together that yes. well, again. I feel like a lot of people leave mm-hmm. Utah. And so I have had a couple of people that I'm like, Oh, I like you're, this is a great friendship. And then they leave and I'm like, no, don't. <laughs> Well, especially arts people, because <laughs> yes. the, there's such limitations. Like you really have to f- yeah. work for it yeah. here in a way. Like I lived in San Francisco for a while, I lived in Minneapolis for a while, and in those places, there is a more of like a a base of um, creatives yeah. who are just kind of about making work. It's more like it's a little bit more normal. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not like you're a what now? Yeah. <laughs> so what kind of? So you said jazz performance. Yeah. What type? Um. So my degree is just like, it's jazz studies. I'm a singer. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. uh, So, you know, like lots of, uh, kind of everything Mm -hmm. in my degree. But what I do now is more like jazz influenced, like art pop, like alternative pop. So So do you you record? Do you do that here? Do you have your own stuff? Okay. I no. I'm, this actually is kind of like a little, like a bit of a maiden voyage project for me recording wise. Oh yeah. (laughs) Um, but I, I, I just finished a new album. It's not out yet, but I finished it in February. So I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm working on like strategizing promotion and stuff Mm -hmm. before I kind of let it go. So let's talk about you. Okay. (laughs) Um, So I like to start at the beginning. I'm fascinated by like the differences between like, you know, I think all children are more or less creative. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm fascinated by like, what are the differences between the people that like as adults make that a big part of their lives? So I like to talk about like just kind of your childhood. And usually I start with like, like what, how did you kind of exhibit creativity as a child? Uh, well, I grew up in a pretty, uh, an amazing household. Both of my parents did this amazing thing that I didn't realize they were doing at the time. Cause it was just the way I grew up, but they had creative lives in addition to their professional lives wow. and they cr- had creative aspirations outside of the work. So of their just making money. So my father, um, he worked at Hill Air Force Base. He's a, he was a government contractor before he retired. And 
on the side, he's he was a musician. He's a published poet. Amazing. Um, so he's he was constantly music was always around us. There was a keyboard. There's pictures of me plunking yeah. it out when I was little, like little, little. And then my mom is, I like to call myself like a fourth generation crafter. Like cool. she uh, studied at the U. She studied dance and she was a ceramicist. Awesome. And, but um, for work, she just works in the medical field. Okay. And so there was always kind of this balance of like, you do this to facilitate yeah. the art kind I of a feel. That. Yeah. And it, and it didn't ever feel, I didn't ever feel that separation because we were just kind of raised yeah. in it. You and I and I wasn't really aware of it until I was much older. But yeah, I think a lot of children get this kind of like f- you know false binary that like you have to like put everything you have into you know creativity or mm-hmm. like you're gonna have to give it up. Um, but that's I mean I mean like as a professional, um, like as an adult, you yeah. know, like you mm-hmm. can dabble around with these things when you're a kid, but like at some point you're gonna have to like stop or be like the best, right? <laughs> um, so it's nice that you saw your parents like you know, doing these like normal jobs, like mm-hmm. these practical jobs, yeah. or, you know, whatever. I don't, yeah. However, yeah. yeah. You want to say um, but, but also like making time for creativity. That's mm-hmm. fantastic. Mm-hmm. So what kinds of stuff were you doing as a child? Like, did you get involved? Were you taking lessons? Mm-hmm. What were you, what'd you do? Yeah. So, uh, the first lessons I took were dance lessons just in like a ladies garage kind yeah. of a style dance. I did that yeah. too. Yeah, everyone does everyone <laughs> yeah. dance in a ladies garage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then at a certain point, um music was just always around. I expressed an interest in music and started taking piano lessons cool. and then I played the cello for about 8 years. And then And were you doing orchestra like in high school? Mm-hmm. So yeah. elementary school, junior high, high school. Cool. Yeah, that's when I played. Great. And then I also started doing more visual arts, finding yeah. that more interesting and, and writing. Yeah. Great. Okay. So which, which visual art mediums? Uh, I painted a lot. Cool. And drew. And did you have like specific, you know, support or training for those things or you were just experimenting and maybe you had the support that your parents would help you get like paints and. Yeah. Yeah. So the support was, yeah, I would, I would always canvas. have access to things. Uh, my mom made sure that that's I had all, that's stuff great. to do. And then in terms of like, I don't know. We were always crafting. That just seems like a, and people think of that as like not an art and it's like, but it is. And it, and it taught me a lot about, I don't know, color and the, just putting something together, completing something, which is such a huge part of, I think a success in being creative and being an artist is completing something. And one thing I think that like one sort of maybe principle or like, I don't know. I can't think of the word I want, but that, that I think happens in crafting is like, it's, it's a little bit more maybe like problem solving driven. Like what do you have around? Like, what can you do with what you have? Um, I think that's like, that is very creative and maybe kind of a specific way that's like, maybe a little bit less like high brow, like elite Mm -hmm. art. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's, that I think is a very practical skill to have like, when you're kind of like problem solving in your business, in your career. Mm-hmm, totally. So I think those, I, I, I also ha- I had like, I had a subscription to like family circle oh, when I was a kid. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I got it for like Christmas one year. Uh-huh. My mom, my parents were like, what do you want? And I was like, there's this magazine family circle. Can I have a subscription to that? <laughs> I got it for like a couple of years mm-hmm. and it had like crafts and recipes. Mm-hmm. And I was always also doing that. So I think that's kind of a, 
you know, just being like a little scrappy, like what can I make with like socks, Mm -hmm. you know, or like Mm -hmm. make a little, I remember one time I made these like little snowmen with like rice in a sock, (laughs) gave them to like all my little friends. Yes. 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 (laughs) Like little things like that. I think that there's such value in like the creation of a, of a thing, of an object and that ability to do with it what you want. So if you give it away, if you just that handmade kind of quality. That kind of like function Mm -hmm. and like it's practical Mm -hmm. in a way that like, I think helps your brain be like, Art is both of these things. Mm-hmm. It can be something that like, you know, has no other purpose than to just like feel, facilitate emotion or mm-hmm. something or not even that. Mm-hmm. Or you can also be artful about how you're like solving these particular problems or mm-hmm. like kind of. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, I'm just saying, I think crafting is like, <laughs> it's definitely welcome in this conversation. Good, good. Um, and then what about writing? Like, how are you kind of, what were you doing? Uh, I was always kind of a creative writer. I have a very clear memory of being in elementary school and writing like a Cinderella type story. Yeah. And I won a principal's award for it. Sweet. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's good. <laughs> and so I kind of just was kind of, I've always kind of written in that yeah. way. I was always like tooling around with writing a book when I was a teenager yeah. and doing those things. But then when I really got into my studies um, in college, I veered off into historical research and writing essays and the writing kind of shifted in that way. It didn't, it wasn't so much creative writing. Yeah, it was more just like well done Mm -hmm. academic writing. Yeah, academic writing. Yeah. And so I, I really veered off over there for a long time. That stuff is very satisfying to me as well. Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes there are people who are like, you know, really um, like artistic people who really hate that stuff. <laughs> yeah. And I, I really am happy in both as well. Um, okay. So like, how did you decide to study art? How did you choose like to move to San Francisco or to, or like, wait, did you do your undergrad there? You just told no, me, I think no. I, uh, I did my undergrad at, at the, well, I started at the university of Pittsburgh and I, I went there to study medicine. Okay. I thought I was going to be a doctor like yeah. millions of other kids um, uh, because I'd always been around medical offices. Yeah. My mom worked in medicine and and works in medicine. And um, and I, so I was kind of just like, this seems like the way you go. Like yeah. pro- if you're going to be a professional, these are the professions. Right. These are the things you do. Yeah. And so at that point, I kind of had a clear distinction between like a creative yeah. life and this more practical professional life. Yeah. But then... Within that year I was in Pittsburgh, it kind of all was like, oh, I hate this. Yeah. I hated it. And um, I took one class just as a uh, on a whim, and it was a history of art and architecture. And it wow. like was the – we had um, – so at the University of Pittsburgh, there's a museum associated with it. It's called the Carnegie Museum of okay. Art. And uh, we had recitations for this lecture series – in the museum. So we'd stand in front of the art. So we would stand in front of a Van Gogh or a Pollock. Oh, wow. yeah. Things I had never seen growing up in Utah. I had never seen these in person. Yeah. And it just like really shook me and, and stimulated me and it ch- ch- changed my life. So wow. when I took that class and then I finished that year, I spent most of that summer like debating, do I go back? Because yeah. I can go back and keep doing this or I can move back here and kind of sort out what my yeah. thoughts are. And then that's when I went into art history at the University mm-hmm. of Utah. Okay. So before you made, before you like made the decision to go to Pittsburgh, like mm-hmm. when you were still in high school, mm-hmm. did you like, 
did you have any sort of thoughts or feelings about like letting art go or did you kind of just think like I'm going to keep doing this stuff just less of it well and like I said with I I saw my parents live their lives like in parallel like they have these parallel parts of their life so I always thought well if I had if I'm successful in a business sense in a professional sense then I'll be able to do these creative things at the same time so it was never like there wasn't a there there wasn't any kind of like a a choice being made no between but um yeah, there really wasn't. Yeah, there really that's, wasn't. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, did you did you think of yourself as an artist at that point? No. You just you felt like I, I can know. do a lot of things, and I'm yeah, and one of them is yeah. I I liked to say for a long time I I was like a Jill of all trades. Yeah, kind of a thing. I yeah. can just do it all. I would try to do it all. Do you have not- thoughts about like? You know, I think a lot of young people really feel like they have to choose between those things or they or, you know, they they are creative and they love creativity, but they're not like the best in their class or something. Hmm. And they kind of get this feeling like I'm not, you know, it's like it's an identity issue. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have any thoughts about like, I don't know, do you want to philosophize about any of that or like what advice you would give or like what? Yeah, I think in. For me, especially now, I I stopped seeing my inadequacies in like a particular field as like an all or nothing failure. Yeah. Um, I started to see the ways I could incorporate what I knew or and what I do know mm. into how I live and how I approach all aspects of my life. Yeah. So if I have this particular skill set of writing, like right now my my job is I am a marketing box office manager for an arts presenter and I use my creative writing skills constantly. Every email. Yeah. Every every email. I do a lot of graphic design, which, which taps into my visual arts history. Yeah. Um, My ability to look and see things, which is something I think you don't realize is a skill that you develop. Absolutely. If you're able to do it is to look at something and analyze it and um be able to make something out of that i think that is part of like started to see like oh well i'm not painting yeah so now i have to give that up i i see it as my what i did then as a when i was doing those things it informs how i do what i do today totally yeah you're you're still applying those kind of like compositional skills and like you said color Mm -hmm. yeah i wish like i always want to tell i work with a lot of teenagers and i always want to tell them like don't worry if like you're not like it's like it's like they kind of feel like well if i'm not good enough to like audition for american idol (laughs) then i can't do anything you Mm -hmm. know they kind of do get this all or nothing or like i said it becomes an identity problem where they're like well, I know I've been taking music lessons for five years, but I'm not a musician. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I, I always just, I ne- I never quite have the words to say like you are. And also mm-hmm. like, I don't know, there just isn't this like all or nothing. Right. And I think that that is, I think it's really, I think holding on to the want to be better is so important and understanding that if you are, truly just developing as a person, there is not an end game where you have reached the goal, the goal, like you wanting to do better and being, being a better musician, finding new ways to think about and hear music 
should be constant and should yeah. be integrated in your life. So that is not a bad thing. That's I, I totally agree. And also I've been thinking lately a lot about how we expect 18 year olds to like choose mm-hmm. in life mm-hmm. in a way that's just, you can't choose the next 60 years when you're 18. <laughs> right. You just can't like, right. you know, you maybe have to make choices like, but I wish that we could encourage young people to think of it like, like maybe have some ideas of a big picture. Like, do I want to be able to travel? Do mm-hmm. I, you know, maybe some like, do I want to work with people? Like mm-hmm. some very general, like big picture things. Do I want to be able to own a home? Like how soon, you know, maybe stuff like that. But then to like encourage young people to just like one step at a time. And like when you went to Pittsburgh and you were like, oh, this is miserable. I think just like the simple fact that you felt like it was an option to go home and like think about it for a year is mm-hmm. really, it's, it's kind of special. Like I, I, I wish it was more common. Mm-hmm. And I, well, and that is, that isn't to say I, there isn't like an ambition there or that it's like a meandering thing, sure. you know, like there, I still wanted something tangible. I still wanted to complete my bachelor's Absolutely. degree, you know, like those yeah. things, but, but um, being able to yeah. like have that reflection and not be yeah. like, this is the path I set out on. And uh-huh. so there's no negotiating, mm-hmm. you know, just like having some curi- curiosity, like, right. I'm, I'm going to get a bachelor's degree. Like that's one of those things that I'm thinking, like, mm-hmm. I want to go to college, Yeah, but like, right. if I don't know exactly, like maybe I can take a, a semester, you know, like <laughs> mm-hmm. a few months and just think like, okay, let's reconsider. Um, I, I really like that. So, okay. You came home. Mm-hmm. How did you decide like what to do next? Uh, well, I, I in college like yeah. that or after college, Yeah, uh, like I guess like where to go and what to major in. Oh, so I always knew that I would prefer to go to the university of Utah just cause I thought that there were, um, more options in, uh, the visual arts yeah. than say like a Weber state university, which yeah. is closer to where I grew up. Um, I, and then because of that experience I had in that art history class, I knew that I really took to research and I really enjoyed nerding out, like looking at the details Mm -hmm. of a painting for three hours kind of a thing. And so that seemed like it took me, it took me a while. It took me, I think that first year I was at the U before I really declared a major, um, to finally let go and kind of settle into something yeah. completely different than I'd had anticipated. That's great though. I mean, that's kind of what I mean. Like just thinking like a year mm-hmm. when you're 18, 19, 20, it's <laughs> just, it's not that consequential. Yeah. Like <laughs> give yourself a minute to just think like, mm-hmm. what do I want? Um, so you chose art history. Mm-hmm. Um, How did you feel? Like, did you, did you have any like concerns? Oh, that's fine. No, no, I'm going to put it over here because it's just buzzing. It's buzzing a little. I know I left mine upstairs because I know that this is going to be a two. Like I sent so many text messages in like the hour before you got here that I like, it's going to be, uh-huh. yeah, it's going to be blowing up. Um, did you have any like worries or concerns about like entering like the arts as a profession? Yes. Uh, it, it seemed totally impractical in a yeah. way. And it seemed especially in a, in a degree program like art history, it feels like there's only a few, it felt at that time, like there were only a few paths and one of them would be 
going on to like a doctoral program and becoming an academic or Mm -hmm. a researcher. And I, I wasn't, I wasn't sure about that. And I'm, you know, and I didn't go that way ultimately, but I, it, that gave me pause and I thought, well, okay, what else can there be? What other, what other careers exist? Yeah. You're being creative about how you're thinking about your field, Mm -hmm, which is mm -hmm. something I talk about with a lot of people on this podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's like, that's like a crucial, it's like a key ingredient. That's the key. That yeah. is the key is it's like you were, you gave the example of if I'm not on American Idol, yeah, you know, if I'm not like featured or winning or singing yeah. in that way, think of all the people that even just make that possible totally. and those different, I mean, just that, that there's so many ways to apply your skills as yeah. an artist that aren't necessarily that, that, yeah. I am like that superstar central yeah. role. Um, and so that was, yeah, that was part of my thinking, like, well, what other ways? Yeah. How I, did you do that? Like, how did you deal with it at that kind of young age? Um, how did you kind of balance like curiosity and like hope about mm-hmm. like, I think I can make this work. And also like, Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> like, how did you have kind of the resilience to, to do it? I, I don't know. I think a lot of it was, um, a lot of, a lot of times it's just dumb luck. Like I, I was just kind of going through this program and I was in my last semesters and there was an email list that I was on. And one of my professors just sent out an email, like you should, you know, to the, just to the group that said, you should consider this internship opportunity. Mm. And I applied and got it. And that's how I was introduced to San Francisco. So I spent the the summer after I graduated at uh, an alternative art space in San Francisco, it's called New. Or it was called New Langton Arts. It's since closed because it's so hard to yeah. have anything arts in San Francisco right now. Yeah, and I, so I spent my summer living in the city and working on a project that was completely different than anything I had yeah. had seen before or experienced before, and it um, it turned out to be four weeks of, uh, it was a four week exhibition series. So every week there was a new exhibition that would turn over. So it was like working cool. four or five, yeah. six months within a couple of okay. months yeah, and doing all facets of that. So behind the scenes work, doing installation work, I working with artists, working with professional artists. Um, I painted the yeah. floors a lot wow. and cleaned the piss out of a stoop a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I did all that internship <laughs> stuff, but then yeah. also just lived in a big city. Which yeah. I, I hadn't really done. And you um, were in Pittsburgh, but you were kind of like in a dorm or like, yeah, it was in, kind of- so University of Pittsburgh is a part of a, a complex of universities there. And so it was really you like, kind of like you were on traditional campus. student life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in San Francisco, that was the first time that you had kind of been like, Oh, a, a big city, mm-hmm. like an art, an art city. Yeah. And doing something, it's completely unknown. I just took the, I took a risk in that yeah. way. And that, that blew my mind because it, it shed some light on like my shortcomings through it, mm. the, the, the shortcomings of my academic education mm. and the ways that, um, people were working like professionals, young professionals yeah. working in the arts, what they were doing in that context. And San Francisco is a really great city or was at the time. I'm not sure now. It's kind of a different yeah. deal now. <laughs> different, it's different like deal. Most stuff. Yeah. The tech stuff has driven out a lot of the artistic <sighs> community there, but you know, that happens. Um, but at the time 
it just was something that I hadn't even thought about. And it, there were a lot of kind of, it was really scrappy. It was in kind of a funky part of town and people were doing a lot of um, performance art and a lot of video art and just other mediums that I hadn't hadn't seen at all. Really had any experience with. And also just like move me out of, a research mode. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Too. So I wasn't so, it wasn't so heady. It was more active and you had to be creative in different ways. And that was amazing. Yeah. Do you want to talk about like your, your kind of like your feelings or like your inner, like, what is this? Like, yeah. Like I said, I, I feel like we lose creative people at these like pivot points. Mm -hmm. And one of them is like finishing high school. Uh One of them is probably finishing college. Yes. Um, and I'm, I just am curious about like, you know, for those of us that have stayed, mm-hmm. can we reflect back and maybe like consider like, what was I thinking about? You know, I, I yeah. sort of wonder if like, we're all kind of more or less the same, but like, there's just some difference in like, oh, how, what do I, how do I want to say it? Like, like the people that end up kind of like leaving the arts mm-hmm. maybe are looking at other people and thinking like they're better than me or like they mm. don't have these worries that I have where like, I think we all ha- worry the same. And then some of us just are like, I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> it's like a risk thing <laughs> yeah. rather than like yeah. a confidence thing. Yeah. Well, and then also I think I, I should mention just being a woman of color in these fields gives me an, I already have this kind of outsider status, yeah. particularly in, as I started to move more into arts administration, there's Mm. much, much fewer of us. And so I was always aware of myself in these spaces, always aware of like the access to, to these histories and to these communities and kind of the luxury of being able to just think through these things, right? Like you're saying, like that sometimes that's where you lose people too, is that it feels like, or people get lost, I'd say, in the arts, is that it feels like a luxury to indulge in creativity. Absolutely. And yeah. and so I I was always pushing against that within these these spaces. And San Francisco was really great because it's a much more diverse place. But um but I think it gave me a sense that it was okay. It was more okay for me to think more openly about how I could be a professional in an arts environment Um, versus like when you're in school, you're just kind of focused on the task of finishing school. Right. And you're not thinking, and especially in like a research based degree, it's just kind of like slogging through these papers and just doing this entirely personal close isolated right almost thing and then when you when I went to San Francisco it was all about openness and collaboration and yeah and thinking and coming up with solutions together or allowing other voices to come in yeah. allowing artists the space to kind of explore their ideas yeah and that influenced me a lot yeah I'm worried I'm like missed like a little piece okay I yeah feel, I, I feel, feel like, like I jumped around yeah you. but I want I feel like these ideas are so important and I'm really mm-hmm. trying on this podcast to like make sure that I hear as many voices and as many like yeah. I, it's so important. And I think especially like we were kind of talking before 
before I hit record about just like Utah. And I think <laughs> there are a lot of arts in you. There are, there are arts here, mm-hmm. but they're kind of like, there are certain like sort of like gatekeepers mm-hmm. that I think, you know, support a certain type of artist and mm-hmm. a certain type of art in a way that I just think like, what can I do about it? Like, what can we, (laughs) and I know you're involved in a lot of projects that are also asking that question and thinking like, what can we do? So I think, I just want to make sure that I'm like understanding. Are you saying that you felt like, um, because you're like, Oh, you've been, you had been aware of like Mm -hmm. your, 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 the difference, Mm -hmm. um, that like you were maybe more prepared to reflect on like the reality of like, do I belong here or like, is is it important for me to have my voice here? Uh, It was more, I think when you brought up the word resilient or resilience, and I think that gave me a different type of resilience. Like you had had practice kind of being Yeah, or I was just, certain things just bounce off me differently. Yeah. (laughs) Like I have a focus and I, and I know what it's like to be, an outsider in a space. So that doesn't concern me like this, the kind of imposter syndrome. I thought that's what you meant, but yeah. yeah, But I, I know I'm not an imposter. Yeah. (laughs) Like I know I'm, I know that in my soul stuff that hits maybe some people as like, I don't belong. I I can't do it. If that, well, and if you, like you said, if the gatekeepers already don't think you're, they already think you're not supposed to be there, but you're there then I think I feel like I'm already you moving had, differently you had in kind this of space. Practice. Yeah. Like uh, just life experience. Yeah. I wouldn't say practice, but yeah. Sure. <laughs> just, yeah. But yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. I, I like um you you learned that lesson probably much younger. Totally. And so when you're in this kind of like place where, you know, we're vulnerable in terms of career, we're vulnerable mm-hmm. in terms of identity when you're in your kind of like mid twenties, mm-hmm. you kind of were were accustomed enough to like that feeling you're like I can kind of I can make these decisions like in my own mind Mm -hmm. and less based on Mm -hmm. outside pressure yeah and especially at that moment because I feel like I was so open to something you know like when I when I was in San Francisco I was like 22 yeah 23 and I was just kind of really just there to experience something I'd never experienced before and to think through career paths that could yeah. be available to me. Yeah. And also, you know, if you're anyone who's been an intern in that, and I was a paid intern, thank God. But, yeah. you know, anyone who's been an intern and knows that kind of grunt work thing, you're already kind of like yeah. looking for ways to validate what you're doing. Yes. Yeah. And so I feel like I was really aware in that moment of yeah. like, w- I was just constantly observing in ways that maybe I wouldn't have in another context. That's, I think that what you just said is like so important. Like you're, when, when you feel like the, the, when you're looking at that, like cost benefit Mm -hmm. ratio Mm -hmm. and you're feeling a lot of cost and not a lot of benefit, it's so difficult in those moments to like, you are looking for ways to validate what you're doing. Yeah. Do you want to talk more about that? Like, you know, just in maybe in general, like some of the ways we try to validate what we're doing are like, there's going to be money soon (laughs) or, um, what other things like, um, you know, but I'm doing this work that's important and it's Mm -hmm. important for me to like, like I have something to offer here. Right. What other kinds of things Uh, do you think help people could help people or have helped you mm -hmm. work through those moments? Uh, Definitely 
being totally um, aware of of the circumstance that I that I'm in and the ways that these benefits can manifest. Yeah, and if it's it's may not be a money thing. It may yeah. like you said, it may just be like okay, at least I got this, this. meaning. Yeah, this yeah. <laughs> this is the meaning. Or to jump to now, you know, the th- a good company theater we don't really make money. The money that we make goes back into the theater and. Yeah. Uh, we have outside jobs because the theater is the theater. But the value, the benefit of it is that we are creating this community. We are building the kind of um, creative spaces that we find beneficial and hope that people can tap into their own creativity through. And that doesn't always look like, you know, a fat paycheck. Yeah. But it does look like feeling safe in a space where you haven't before. Yeah. Or feeling like you can explore a certain way of doing, like, for example, just finding a character or a performance that you haven't felt like you could get anywhere else. Yes. So. And I think those, those funnels of like those moments where you're like, okay, I need to validate. Yeah. (laughs) What, what, what did, what did you say? I need to validate like my, the fact that I'm doing this. Yeah. Like know? this, like, yeah, just like the fact that I had to, there was no vacuum in this place and I had to hand sweep oh a staircase, gosh. you know, like oh that kind of stuff. Like how yeah. are you validating that level of, of like drudgery or drudgery like, or, or entry level stuff yeah. or yeah. The, the anxiety around, am I good enough? Yeah. Why am I even here? This imposter kind yeah, of imposter thing. syndrome. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. that just, I like lately, I feel like I like, I'm suffering from rejection fatigue. I think I'm starting a bunch of like new projects right now. I'm like in a, I'm in like a place of transition uh-huh. and like, really like sometimes I, like I, I go talk to my therapist and I'm like, Samantha, like so many people have rejected me this week. And it's like, they're little things. There are things like I invite someone to be on this podcast and they don't respond. Mm-hmm. And like oh. probably they just Ghosting like, is they're the busy, but it hurts my yeah. feelings. Yeah. Like, and, and, you know, I'll send like, like I probably sent like, 20 invitations mm-hmm. in the last week or so to people that like I've I'm I'm like looking at and like reading their stuff and thinking like this person is so like interesting mm-hmm. or like and you know so when people respond right away I'm like <gasps> I get like oh. an oxytocin <laughs> flush I'm like oh like reciprocation yeah. and like human We're just here. like decency yeah. like it means so much to me but yeah I mean I think what I was trying to say I got I got distracted but totally fine. you know those moments of like is this worth it they mm-hmm. will keep coming mm-hmm. when I think that's the thing when you're in a career in the arts you're going to keep having those moments so cultivating that resiliency cultivating that kind of like you know going back to like why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. What is important about this? Mm-hmm. Okay, there's this cost, but there's this benefit. Or like, there's this cost now, but I can see this benefit just over the horizon. Mm-hmm. I think that's very important. Yes. And and also just looking, seeing things, seeing opportunities where they might not be so obvious. Like constantly yeah. being vigilant about like what is what does a pathway look like what does yeah. a door opening look like because so I was in San Francisco and I basically that was it like I was like okay I'm done with my degree I've done this internship and I can go back to the job I was working and that can be it yeah um, but I did 
happened to, so the internship program I did was, is, or was through art table, which is a women in the arts organization. And they set up a mentorship program. Cool. And so members of that organization, I, I just went and had meetings with them. And one of them was, um, uh, I think she was an academic advisor at the San Francisco art Institute, which is where I ultimately ended up doing my master's degree. Yeah. And so I went and met with her and just kind of toured the campus figuring why not yeah. in San Francisco might as well go yeah. see about it. And at that time I had no idea that it's the oldest um, art college on the West coast that's been offering advanced degrees. Wow. Um, and people like Annie Leibovitz have studied there. Um, cool. Devandra, Devandra Banhart, who is a musician, he studied there and just, you know, like, I had no idea about that. I was just doing this thing while I was there. Yeah. And so I came back home, got all my stuff together, applied to a few programs, but got in at San Francisco Art Institute. Sweet. Yeah. So that was like, just constantly kind of like, well, what, what can I do? Or just just seeing, yeah, just seeing kind of. Absolutely. I felt this way so often in my career as well, you know, and I'll have like sometimes peers, but more frequently my students, being like, well, what did you do? And I'm like, <laughs> it doesn't matter what I did because like those opportunities were like available at that time. Mm-hmm. The thing that I did do is kind of be curious about everyone. Yes. You know, trying, I, I really, unfortunately, I feel like it's, it's not as common as it should be that, you know, just the simple fact of like, if you meet someone thinking like, what are you about? You know, <laughs> yeah. and not thinking like, you're not, I haven't heard of you. So yeah. Right. You know, or even just with the school, like, mm-hmm. like I haven't heard of this school, so mm-hmm. it must not be just having that curiosity of like, mm-hmm. what are you great at? What do you do? Like, right. And I'm, you know, I'm, just, I'm a, I'm a human being like, and I, I'm aware of all this, I, you know, places like New York places, like the reason I, so when I did my internship, they had options of where you could apply. And I thought, well, San Francisco seems like a more approachable city than New York City or Los Angeles or even Chicago. And I just didn't have any, you know, I just thought, well, what could it be? Yeah. Um, But I had like fantasies about being in New York, being, you know, in that kind of like a boho artistic community constantly like that. My friend, we all applied to like big schools and high school and um, it just, I, those, those are still, those were dreams I had. I applied for, I, you know, I, I had some um, interviews for jobs later on in New York. And then you just kind of start, I just started seeing people not go to the big cities and find really meaningful careers in other places. Yeah. Thinking about what is an artistic community, like you're saying, is it just being in this hyper sophisticated coastal urban environment? Yeah. Or or is it not? You know? Yeah. Or is it about like people, which you can find yeah. everywhere? <laughs> which, yeah. Yeah. And also there are a lot of just regular people living in New York City. Yeah. You know, it's not, yes. it doesn't make you the most creative or interesting person to live in these cities. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Yeah. So what, so with your master's program, what mm-hmm. it was mu- museum yeah, so, curation? Um, so it's the actual degree is a master of arts in exhibition and museum studies. So that program at the time, I was a part of the second class to go through it. And it was created kind of in response to this gap between um, a curatorial studies program, which is almost purely vocational, and an okay. art history program, which is an academic. academic. Yeah. So I consider my degree more of like a cultural studies okay. bent yeah. degree. Uh, we did a lot of 
lots of museum studies, but also also cultural theory, art theory. Yeah. And then we had a two part thesis where we wrote just a traditional thesis and defended it and then did an exhibition that we created as a cohort, my class. So there were two parts to it. That's so cool. Yeah, it was really great. Do you, is there anything, I mean, I'm sure you have just like a vast like wealth of knowledge and thoughts about like cultural studies, Mm -hmm. but is there, is there anything you'd like, like you wish people knew or you like want to share, like something you're like passionate about right now? Hmm. Just, uh, I think when it comes to, uh, what I do now, which is, I, I would say more performance based. Yeah behind-the-scenes administrative work. I don't see my experience of, like, hanging art on walls as completely yeah. detached from what I do now yeah. or researching post-colonial theory from divorced entirely from how I live my life yeah. and how I think through things. Because even just putting together a season of, of plays and musicals for yeah. Good Company Theater, that knowledge comes into play all the time yeah and it really shapes how I think of performance and people in spaces and space itself and how we occupy creative zones yes okay I like I again I I think I know what you mean (laughs) but like yeah I mean just the art that we make and the art that we consume and the art that we sell, Mm -hmm. the art that we, um, you know, publicize, Mm -hmm. it is not in a vacuum. It's not detached from like, I, I think about this a lot as well. Um, what do you wish that people knew about that? Like, again, I think it's, there's probably just an entire separate podcast (laughs) series, you know, but like if is what, what do you want to say today about like why that's important? I think it's important because of the way we live our lives today. We're so connected to many more people and ideas than even a decade ago when I was first like really getting into um, contemporary art and museums and art spaces. There's just, it seems like it's a, it's too vast almost the amount of information that there is. But really, if you're focused and you're and you're thoughtful about how you approach what you what you have access to, it can open doors for you yeah. and it can give. Um, I don't know. I find it really satisfying, personally satisfying to be able to look at something and see it in more complex ways than just like, yeah, this is this is this is this pretty or yeah. this is yeah and that and that there's there is value there is also value in something is just a, an aesthetic sure. thing but yeah but like even that even just yeah. being able to to not like, think of things compartment as, as so compartmentalized yeah or thinking like you know yeah i mean i said like this is pretty but like mm-hmm. those things are so subjective yeah. and they're you know like do you think that you think that's pretty because like you've been exposed culturally to like these things mm-hmm. and you know if if you spend enough time i know i've i know i've experienced this with music if you spend enough time studying something that like you know at first listen or at first look you're like oh this isn't for mm-hmm. me you know if you spend enough time in it it you will it will change your aesthetic it will change Mm -hmm. like your perception and I think that's why it's so important that we be mindful about the art we consume and I think we can't expect maybe 
the general public to be mindful about it. Mm -hmm. So we as like artists and as especially like with what you're doing, facilitating art, um, curating art, uh, it's so important to, to say to the public, like, you need to see this or you need to listen to this. And Mm -hmm. like, here is maybe some things you consider, you can consider as you're, you know, consuming it or thinking Mm -hmm. about it. Yeah, totally. And I think, um, even outside of artistic fields, um, the create, the being a creative person or, thinking about things in a way like an artist can be helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and inform any number of things. Yeah. yeah. So, so I've been teaching at BYU the past four years. I just mm-hmm. left because uh, I'm not from here. You know, when I started, when I started teaching at BYU, I had no idea how it would feel. And, th- and this is just my experience, you know, yeah. like other people, I think maybe would have different experiences, but you know, there were several reasons why I decided to leave, but, um, but among them is that like just total lack of curiosity, you know, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. and again, this is just my experience. I'm sure that there are departments that are doing better or, you know, but I would have people like in the administration say things to me like, well, people just don't like this or like, well, this just isn't how, and I would think like, you know, that's not true. Right. <laughs> like maybe like people on your mailing list don't tend to buy tickets to this thing, Mm -hmm. but this isn't like a truth. It's like, yes, you know, this is maybe true for your very limited experience in time. Mm -hmm. You know, just that kind of lack of like, is this a fact or is this like just kind of what's a trend, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, And I felt like depressed, like uh, about that, just lack of creativity and like, curiosity what can we do like what could we try like is it is it is that really the ending to go like well people don't buy tickets to this so we're not going to do it Mm. you know or Mm -hmm. or is it going to be like how can we like over the next five years like cultivate an audience that might Mm -hmm. receive this kind of thing differently or how can we as like a as a faculty culture like set up a different system of values Mm -hmm. you know So I'm just, well, and also this, and this speaks to just things in my life and my experience is that there should be room for more voices and it doesn't hurt to have more perspectives on a thing. Like at the theater, we, at Good Company Theater, we present newer works and most of our shows are plays, which is atypical for Utah because it's such a musical theater um, place. And that's and there's and we've done musicals and I love musicals, but there should be a and you know there can be yeah. a space where it's this yeah it doesn't all have to be you know a hundred perform a hundred runs of the same show yeah or something like that there should yeah. there can be and I don't I don't look down on any of that because yeah. there should be space for all of us yes I yeah. agree mm-hmm. yeah there and should so, be room yeah and that so. Being just slightly more open, not yeah. even open-minded, just open to more yeah. perspectives. Yeah. Is, yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, <laughs> you know, ideally you're open-minded. Yeah, ideally. But if you yeah. can't manage that, like at least just let someone else be. Yeah. You know? <laughs> let that happen over here and yes. respect it. All that does is like make this, make these spaces, make this um, community of, I don't know, 
what, performance. Yeah. Richer. Yeah. Because people have more options. Yeah. And it only makes things a little, a little bit. It seems so obvious to I me. Know. I don't know why this is a problem for anyone, <laughs> but I felt like that too. Like I felt like I wanted to say to some of my colleagues, like, and I, I have had conversations like this with, with people since, but mm-hmm. you know, like I get that I'm not like for whatever reason, like the typical person for this program or mm-hmm. like, I'm not like doing things the way that like we do them, but like, mm-hmm. great. You're not doing that. Let me do it yeah. because we have students, us together. We have students who maybe like are going to learn better from me. Mm-hmm. And like, it's fine. You want to keep doing your same thing? Fine. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I might have some issues with it occasionally, <laughs> but, but like, that's okay. You know, yeah. let, let me like, let me serve like the subset of the population that like needs this other thing. But yeah, it seems so obvious to me that, that, that like even just like a diversity of thought, a diversity Mm -hmm. of character, certainly a diversity of perspective experience. Mm -hmm. We need it. Mm -hmm. We need all the things. And that, that's what, that is totally my zone. That is where I find the most inspiration and feel the most comfortable is in a, is and that's part of what working um, my internship at um, as, at uh, New Langton Arts and then my studies at SFAI really kind of gave me the perspective on is that I thrive in those environments. The thing you love is the thing I yeah. the thing that I actually really love is in addition to um, arts yeah. in general, but visual arts specifically in this context of my of my education is that there are so many ways to think about a thing and and experience a thing yeah. and talk about a thing yeah. and enjoy or find a satisfaction and that there's not a problem with that. And that, I just love that. Yeah. I just love that there can be, I can walk into something and not know what it's going to be and find something of value yeah. in that. And um, yeah. I'm really motivated by that too. Yeah. That is like a big deal for me. Um, and that's, and I think that, yeah, that, that has been a real driving factor of even just, you know, moving back here yeah. and not being so like, oh, Utah, yeah. which is so easy to do. Mm-hmm. So many people are like, you know, oh, I grew up there. I can't go back. Yeah. Um, that has, that, that lessened that for yeah. me. Yeah. That's, I, okay. So let's, <laughs> let's talk about like, okay, so you finished your degree, yeah. your master's. Mm-hmm. And again, I was like, well now what? <laughs> yeah. Let's, yeah. So let's like kind of connect the dots between yeah. like that okay. moment and kind of now. Okay. So I went through that degree program and, uh, was fortunate to study with really, really influential people in, uh, contemporary art. And one of the things that many of these people said is, well, there's the, there's this fellowship program. It's, um, and it's a Walker Art Center, uh, visual arts fellowship program. And, um, cool. the Walker Art Center is a major art institution in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And I applied for it. I applied for that and I applied for a few other kind of post graduate yeah. programs yeah, okay. and interviewed for them, but, uh, thought that Minneapolis was the most interesting because yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Again, I was like, well, well that seems... Like fascinating, off, yeah. like the upper Midwest, what is yeah. going on? Kind and it's so, like off the beaten path. Yeah, yeah. And the interview, they brought a group of us there to interview. And 
the building is fascinating. The collection is amazing. It was just kind of like, oh. And the people, you know, who who were in the visual arts department at the time were just like very provo- like thought provoking to yeah. me. And I was like, oh my gosh, this could be something. Yeah. And again, because you know, I'm I'm from Utah. Yeah. Like I don't have a chip on my shoulder about. <laughs> I'm more I'm more curious about a place like Minnesota yeah. than like right. oh I couldn't possibly yeah you know totally. go to a place like that yeah. or something. I don't have that, and so I was really open, and I managed to get it. I managed yeah. to get this fellowship. So there were only two of us in that program, and it was a two year fellowship, and at, and really just working in a in a visual arts curatorial sense. Okay. So uh, conceptualizing exhibitions, executing exhibitions, working with artists, um, and yeah, all yeah. Of that stuff. And it's a big place. I would call it, I'd say it's as close to like a corporate environment okay. as I've ever been in yeah. because it's hundreds of people. There's an HR department. Okay. You know, it's it's a lot of money, um, a lot of fundraising. It just yeah. has all the... Those pieces. Yeah, all yeah. those pieces. It's... Yeah, you know, we worked in like a an open floor plan kind of an office space. There were very few, very few like closed door offices. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it was That's awesome. Yeah, it was it was different because yeah. I had come from like when I first was dipping my toe in it, like New Langton Arts was literally like a walk up. Yeah. In Soma. And um and then to go from that this to huge yes, building this huge like a well and campus a can yeah yeah. A, yeah a campus it has a sculpture garden adjacent to it and wow there's a prestige to it yeah that and and an awareness of like there were lots of international artists who came through lots yeah. of thinkers who had come through and so it was really rigorous and you know something. That was, I, I just, I don't even know if I thought I would get into a place like yeah. that, but I thought there'd be some security there Yeah, because you get into a job, you know, I had insurance. Yeah. It was a job. At that point where yeah. you were like kind of thinking about staying there. I just want uh, to see if staying I'm in the, staying in that type of a world. Okay. So I was like, well, this seems like a safe. So this was around 2000 and this was 2009 when I started there. And this is and the economy was yeah. weird right then. Yeah, uh, weird is an understatement. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> so during that time, we went through the risk. I yeah. I had this fellowship during the recession. Recession. There was a huge round of layoffs at the institution, um, and then kind of that the impact that a lot of people felt immediately. The arts felt a little later, yeah. and so as my fellowship mm-hmm. ended, I kind of walked into no job zone. Oh yeah. yeah. It was really tough. I interviewed for so many jobs, um, for about 18 months, starting six months before I was done with my fellowship and then continuing. I moved back here um, thinking it was just going to be a temporary thing, Mm. continued interviewing. And the jobs were just so specific, you know, like people could be like, you have to speak Portuguese yeah. And have a familiarity with this particular artist and yeah. style. And they could just like eliminate hundreds there of was, applications oh just based, man. you know, like, so yeah. that kind of a thing. And, um, and I was like, well, this was, this was my safety, you know, like yeah. you're thinking that this is a safe zone. It's a corporate right. zone. And then and, you're like, and then it's Ooh. like, there's nothing in these spaces. Oh my gosh, that's so yeah. stressful. It was. And so it's, it's not all been like, yeah, <laughs> it's that's what I'm saying though. There's yeah. like those funnels, mm-hmm. like they will come like, mm-hmm. Um, if you want, you can move that. You oh, can just I'm, I'm 
you're you're happy. I'm okay. Yeah, I'll okay. say if I'm uncomfortable. Yeah, okay. I'm good. Yeah, because I mean the be- the beauty of the boom is it. I'll move it closer. It moves. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know it can be like when I the first time I rem- I like remember the first time I like played piano with the boom stand and I was like, what do all these <laughs> things do? <laughs> but yeah, I think like just having that kind of it's a practice of just like you know when when you're in a career that mm-hmm. isn't linear. Like I think mm-hmm. that's one thing. Like. And it's not, it's not to say that like, it's easy. You know, if you go to medical school, you still have to choose from a million different types of residencies mm-hmm. or like, you know, and then you have to decide like, maybe depending on what kind of doctor you are, like, do I have a private practice or do I work in a hospital? Mm-hmm. There's, you know, there's still stuff, but it, but it is a little bit more linear, I think, mm-hmm. than like the types of careers we have. It's like, you know, well, my degree is named this mm-hmm. and people are like, well, what do you do with that? And you're like, great question you know you're like I know there are things but like uh-huh. I'm really not sure like there isn't this one path and also it just changes so rapidly mm-hmm. like the culture changes the economy changes mm-hmm. media changes yeah and you know at that time there was a lot of anxiety in the visual arts museum world around technology yeah. uh, we did an exhibition that was kind of like a it, it got into the way people interact with like Instagram now, but yeah. Instagram wasn't really a thing yeah. back then where you could like or dislike an artwork. Yeah. And then we would put those artworks based on how many likes they got on display, Wow, which was really, at the time I was like, this seems hokey, but it was really prescient, yeah, no, you know, like yeah. this is the way we think about yeah. things. And there was like a lot of hand wringing about, can people have cameras in the yeah. galleries? And now everyone is just all the everyone time does. it's yeah. just not even an issue now i feel the same way about like photography and performance like yeah. turn your flash off but like how do you take pictures how can you you can't possibly and a lot of that stuff is like the legalities like you can't take a picture of this picture without this permission it's yeah. the same thing in in theater there's a lot of a lot of the reason why we would say don't take this it's don't like film this is because thing. we get in trouble yeah. if you record it just you know just yeah. contracts and Copyright rights and things. yeah yeah <sighs> Intellectual uh, property. What? Yesterday, I <laughs> yesterday I copy. I like did all the the copyright office stuff for my new album, and I was mm-hmm. just like, oh. <laughs> like a slog. I, when people are, you know, I feel like sometimes people are like, oh my gosh, your job sounds so fun, and I'm like, well, <laughs> depends on which well, day you're catching me on. And that's another on. thing about like the arts, and there is so much unexpected bureaucracy involved yes. with creating anything. Or, you know, or putting anything out there. And like, the expectation is that you're going to do all of it uh-huh, yeah, by you yourself. Have, yeah. And so that was a, I mean, this is some of the artists that I worked with when I was at the Walker. Some of the best ones were the the ones who could speak and write about their work mm. um, very clearly. And the ones and the like the most inspirational people I collaborated with and it was most of them to be honest it was a really great environment yeah um were so adaptable yeah and able to think quickly but have a clarity about their vision like that to me was like I was just reflecting on that that the other day actually like oh man when I saw this one artist it just seemed like a mess you know like you look at these things you look at these objects you're like I don't I can't make I And when you, especially out of context, we would yeah. see them coming out of crates and stuff. You're yeah. like, you, you can't make sense yeah. of this. But this artist came in with absolute certainty and arranged yeah. these things in the most 
it clarified everything yeah. like to have like the ability to move quickly and with certainty, which I of course develops over time. Yeah. You have to be really practiced, like you said, at it. Yeah. That was really inspirational to me. I think that's something that I, I think about that a lot right now, you know, this kind of stage that I'm in, in my career and in my life, just like, I don't know, trying not to have fear of like new or fear of like, you know, a, a different kind of thinking or I, it's so hard. Like mm-hmm. I think we get, it's such a, I think it's really vulnerable, like for every reason, but <laughs> one of the reasons it's vulnerable is like, we're expected to be fresh, to be new, mm-hmm. to be unique, to be different. But then you also, I think can feel so like disenfranchised. And mm-hmm. like, if you see a trend going away, like a certain, I don't mean away from you. I mean like a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like, well, that's not what I'm doing. It's so, I think like we, it's tempting to try to say like, well, everything that isn't related to what I'm doing isn't the thing mm-hmm. because there's such like, it's so easy to get that like sense of scarcity. Mm-hmm. So that's, so you felt like you said before, like a lot of the people that you were working with were, um, like thought provoking. Mm-hmm. And do, do you feel like there are any other kind of like big lessons? Like, you know, maybe one is like that, that speed and kind of confidence. Mm-hmm. That was clarity. a huge, especially, especially now. And also the ability to, um, weed through criticism. Um, yeah. and that I think, so and you constantly, don't get rejection fatigue. <laughs> yeah. Well, not even just, I mean, yes, we all, it's hard to get, I, I, I got told no for 18 months straight. <laughs> Yeah. Or not even told yeah. no. You just kind of float off into nowhere. Yeah, no one says nothing no. Nothing that makes you feel more yeah. like kind of worthless than people just not responding. Yes. That's the, it's, it's a, a crappy feeling. It's so crap. It just is crappy. It's a true bummer. And so, and it's hard to, when you get told no so many times or not told anything yeah. so many times, it is, it can be exhausting. Um, but I think... And what were we talking about? The other lessons. like The other lesson, I think the criticism is a good one. Um, it's, of course, you take things, I take things personally. It's, it is all personal when it's you mm-hmm. and it's your art and it's yeah. your ideas and things. But um, not being so precious with it. Yeah. Um, is something that I observed a lot. It can be brutal. Like, so a part of what we did at the Walker Art Center, it was a lot of writing we would do exhibition catalog writing and we work with, a, with um, graphic designers. There was an in-house mm-hmm. design studio and there was constantly a group of people critiquing every aspect of, you know, things that can be yeah. intensely personal, yeah. like an essay, like you right. write this essay or the designer would design this, come up with an identity or something. And you to have to be able to, to participate in that in a fruitful way yeah. was really useful. And I yeah. find that useful now. It, I don't get hung up so much on a word yeah. or uh, yeah. someone saying this doesn't make sense. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. It's like if the, if, if the criticism is coming from a place of making the work better, then there is use to it. Yeah. Um, and I've become really bad, a lot better at seeing, um, constructive criticism for what it is and being able to weed it out from other stuff, more negative stuff. Yeah. I need to, I need, I need to practice. It's a hard thing. It's a hard thing. And I don't say, you know, I'm not a performer. I'm a behind the scenes person and I am, I'm really an introvert. Um, so it, um, 
it's hard for me. <laughs> and I, I, I have total respect for people who put themselves out in yeah. that way, working in theater or um, my, my day job, watching these professional, um, it's mostly, we bring the Utah Symphony to Ogden, okay. on stage Ogden, and then we'll bring in other classical performers okay. as well to perform in Ogden, which is great. But seeing people who just can put themselves out there, yeah. like one concert we did um, uh, with the Utah Symphony just this spring, it was a it was a commissioned work by a composer named Andrew Moore, Norman, and uh, he was there. And the audience didn't like his work and people booed. Oh, no. And I don't know. That was just so stunning to me. It happened in Ogden. And I think it happened at a Bravanel Hall, too. Yeah. And it's like, 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 I, first of all, how ridiculous. I'm just going to say that. (laughs) Yeah. Like, (laughs) it's okay to just, yeah. Check your, yeah. In a place where everyone gets a standing ovation. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I was like, what? But then also like, I have such respect for, you know, you put yourself out there, like you're putting your art, your yeah. work out there. Yeah. And, um, he seemed to take it in stride. And oh, gosh, so That's... any, anyone who's doing that level of putting themselves out there just as a, as a creator, I have total respect for. You got to go back to that, like Theodore Roosevelt quote of like, you know, the daring greatly thing of like, <laughs> yeah. you know, don't take criticism from people that are like, in the, in the cheap seats. Like, you know, if you're going to take criticism, like take it from like your peers, mm-hmm. take it from your mentors. Uh, but it's hard. That oh, is hard. Yeah. I just, I'm uh, horrified yeah. that that happened. I, I, it's, you know, and it, it's, I just have such respect for, um, artists who part of their practice is to put themselves yeah. out there and perform because I guess, well, I'm too sweaty for that. I've talked about this with a lot of performing artists. Um, and I think the thing that we do is like, you just, you, you practice like having a, mm-hmm. you know, it, there's a mask. Like, mm-hmm. even if you're not wearing a mask, like there's, you, you practice like kind of keeping your emotions. Like, I think it's, it's later. It's not like the performance maybe that's as vulnerable as like, Oh, when you come about it uh, later, you come down out of that kind of, yeah. yeah. When you're off stage, Mm -hmm. I I think, Mm -hmm. I think that's something that we like, you have to figure it out. Like, cause I think so many people go into performing arts too, that are introverts because when you're a little kid, you know, you're practicing your trombone that you're alone, you're Mm -hmm. in your bedroom Mm -hmm. and then eventually, you know, you're in front of people. Um, Mm -hmm. and then suddenly you're like, Oh my gosh, like what pickle have I gotten myself into? I'm alone. I'm, I'm a soloist now. Yeah. Right. And then you, instead of like, you know, being in a choir or Uh like, you know, which, Oh, those are like, again, I love that stuff. I love group stuff. Like I was in an orchestra. It feels really good to perform in a group um, because, because you share the, Mm -hmm. you share the wins and the losses, but, Mm -hmm. but I think that like that dealing with that, like performance anxiety, like it's not a gift. It's like, that's something that we, most of us, I think, really mindfully work through. I know. And I respect that work because yeah. I know it's work. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I know it's crazy it's stuff. Or to even just be able to talk about yourself in yeah. a, it's like not a fumbling way. Like, I, oh, it's ugh. so, it's been so funny to me as I've been like doing this podcast, the performing artists respond and they're like, oh, I'm so shy, but they say like, yes. <laughs> and then like visual artists, less so mm-hmm. writers. I cannot reach them. Yeah. Like I cannot, I've reached out to so many writers and I, and it makes me think like, this is the one that's the least 
public. Like you, <laughs> like the, like you yourself are the least public. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and I think like, mm, mm-hmm. you haven't had to like <laughs> yeah, bust it's... through that, like <laughs> introvert oh, business. Yeah. And I, I've done enough, like uh, my nightmare was to do, um, sometimes I would do lectures, but also like gallery tours yeah. and things. And just like having to be on show and mm-hmm. like have a have something scripted yeah. but have it feel like a conversation God, it's that's so, so hard. hard yeah i was a tour it's guide so in college hard. so it's so hard it's, and it's not something you think you're gonna have to do yeah. i don't know what i thought i was gonna have to do to be yeah. honest but you know like i just didn't think about that but that was a part of what i did yeah and yeah so, oh wow yeah. <laughs> okay so you left minneapolis uh-huh, with nothing like no you job came home okay. came back to utah yes thinking i was gonna stay for a minute and now here, I, yeah. <laughs> now here and I now am. Now you're here, and that was um, you said eight years. Yeah, eight okay. years ago. So there was a year of just kind of like, what's going yeah, on? But that year felt very long. It did feel very, very long. Um, but in that year, my sister Alicia, who is an actor, uh, she went to Weber State University okay. in uh, musical theater performance. She graduated in musical theater performance. Yes, I think I don't want to get the degree wrong. Is it? It's not music dance theater. No. That's a different thing. Yeah, that's a different that's a different thing. Um, she had been kind of talking for a while with some friends about starting a theater company. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it's like so young. Yeah, to be, just like, be like, we're gonna start a theater yeah. company. And it had kind of so before before I was came back, it had kind of just been this nebulous thing, like an idea. Yeah, with some of her friends, but then when she was like, "No, I seriously want to do this." Yeah, we. I just. I initially was like, okay, well, here's some things I think you should do. Here's some ways I think you should talk about it. Mm. Just kind of thinking as an outsider, you know, like, here's how I would do this. You mean like maybe trying to think of like a niche or think of a purpose Uh, or more like, yeah, think of a niche, think of what was why she wanted the kind of like mission statement. Yeah, mission, like all the nitty gritty nuts and bolts of something, get it down on paper. And, um, I just, I, I started helping her not with the idea that I would be where I am yeah, now, like just in, kind of like, let's do this. And then I'll move to, I don't know, wherever somewhere else. Yeah. And be doing this, um, contemporary visual art thing. And, uh, it, we, um, I helped her apply for a grant that she got and then she decided that she wanted to actually do a theater, not just a theater company. Yeah. Cause initially, and it's in the mission statement now where it was, it was going to be more like pop-up theater. Okay. So wherever we could find a sure. space or she could You're find a limited space. to a venue. Mm-hmm. Okay. But one of the things that she expressed real concern about was that she had been involved with theater companies that didn't have a home a base. And so it felt really like you just felt insecure in that. Yeah. And so she decided, well, let, I want to find a space. And yeah. so, um, a few years before we had um, met up in Chicago and went to a, a play that was in this just kind of like dumpy down this hallway. Yeah, like it was one like one of those basement. Yeah, like, like a cellar. really, but, but something I was like, who's doing theater like this? Because I, I, I was familiar with like performance art spaces that were like that. Or my experience was in alternative art spaces. And I'd been in places like that, but not ones that were doing theater. Yeah. And so we just kind of called upon that, like, well, why not do theater anywhere? Right. Yeah. So then we ended up, she ended up getting this place 
on 25th Street in Ogden, which is like the main street. It's like this um, yeah, historic. I, you do, are, yeah. Have you been to Ogden? Yeah. So you know 25th Street. Yeah. Um, so, and it was uh, a, a walk up. So it was on the second floor next okay. to a restaurant above a sex shop. And, cool. <laughs> and it was only uh, 1,300 square feet. Okay. So we could only really seat like 50, 60 people in there. Yeah. And for five years, we did theater there. And I kind of just, wow. after I, I had to really come to terms with maybe it wasn't going to happen for me yeah. because there is a timeline. If you're pursuing like professional, professional work um, where you just kind of time out in yeah. visual arts in that kind of like, and I wasn't even sure I wanted to be a curator, but just in the arts administration, my experience started to, to lapse and you I wasn't doing the, you're doing not the like work. caught yeah, up, caught yeah. up, constantly working. Yeah. Constant, you know, it moves. Yeah. It's the art world. Yeah. It moves on. Yeah. And so there was a moment where I had to really come to terms with that. But yeah. then also there was, a, I've had recent, more recently a sense of relief about that because I don't know that I would have been happy in that corporate art world yeah. setting. It's so hard to like think about those like what ifs. Yeah. I struggle with that too. Yeah. But I think I, I think I have made ultimately the decisions that have been best. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that's perfect. You no. Know? Um, but that is really difficult to kind of wonder like, what, what if I had done this thing? <laughs> Which is also tricky, like in the arts in general, because it's not linear. Yeah. You have to get comfortable with just being like, this door's closed. Like I'm closing the store. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to have like kind of faith that like other doors will open or like I will find new ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's also like one of those lessons it's that a like all artists lesson. learn yeah. and keep learning mm-hmm. that like, I think other professions, at least some other professions don't have like, mm-hmm. like, you know, if you want to be a lawyer, you have to pass the bar. It's like, there's like <laughs> yeah. a, there's like a funnel. Mm hmm. Instead of it being just like this, well, there's all these different ways you could do it. Like the goal is like practicing law and like there are like, you know, thousands of different. No, there's just there's one like <laughs> yeah. there's other stuff that's complicated. But like this one the thing. Bar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At least that has happened. And you don't have to kind of look back and be like, what if I would have taken the bar exam instead of uh-huh. you know, it's like yeah. that. There's just the thing. You did that thing. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's really hard for artists to be like should I have gone to college? What mm-hmm. if I didn't go to college? Mm-hmm. What if I had spent all of this time traveling or, yeah. you know, yeah. like practicing or building mm-hmm. a community? Mm-hmm. So, okay. So you had to kind of like do that grief period of like, yes, it was, it wasn't, and it wasn't easy. And it, yeah. and it was because I had, you know, I have all these student loans, you know, like I yeah. had dedicated myself in a way to this, to this. And I had gone down a certain pathway yeah. and, um, and it was it was hard to let go of the work that I thought I had done. Yes, that I was that it was going to exist differently because yeah. I had spent my twenties building that. Yeah. You've yeah felt like you were wasting. You had wasted some of it, or or that I just just um, not that it was a waste because I I don't think of it as a waste, but that it was that it wasn't going to be what I thought. Yeah, and at that point when I had the, when I had the fellowship, when I was, even when I was applying for jobs, I was like, this is, this is where I'm going to be. This is the field in the arts that I'm going to be in. Um, how that looked might have been different, but in no way did I think I would be doing like theater. Yeah. (laughs) 
Wow. Which is so, totally yeah. different. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I didn't mean like a waste. Oh I no, just no. Mean but like, like that, that yeah, feeling of that, like, what a, feel, yeah. Yeah. That feeling of like, did I purpose this time uh-huh. in a way that like, I mean, it's time. It's so gut wrenching mm-hmm. to like, feel like time yes has been yeah like allocated in a way that you're like oh that didn't pan out the way I yes and that like this time it's like an investment that you just like well and all those funny things that you you were saying (laughs) like um you think when you're you're in high school like by 18 you have to make a decision yeah I didn't ever super think I was bound to that stuff Mm. until I had to think about letting go of like these internal goals yeah. I had set that even mm. I hadn't, I hadn't said anything about yeah. or expressed. I didn't, I wanted to, I wanted to enter into my thirties with some certainty. Yeah. And I didn't, Yeah, <laughs> I was totally yeah. uncertain. And that was, and it, it crept up on me like yeah. this kind of like all these things that you, you were talking about earlier about when you graduate from college, you feel like I, I have to do this thing. Yeah. And that's when it really came out for yeah. me. And yeah, and theater was never my thing. It was my sister's thing. Yeah. And so like to like slowly become more involved in that, but then also see the ways that my experience in education helped. Yeah, it was be- like, I'm sure totally necessary. Yeah, to- like putting together like the logistics of yeah. running a space, yeah. just facilities management yeah. And things, those are things I can do. And I'm not a performer. Yeah. So <laughs> I can be behind the scenes. But I also know how to look at something and think yeah. about something in a different way. Yeah. Um, and, and I you had had yeah. a lot of experience. Yeah. Like seeing, you had been kind of out. Yeah. One of the best things that um, uh, a curator at the Walker Art Center said to me is like, you just need to look at more. You need to see things like go out and just go be looking and go Mm. be experiencing. And that's so true. Yes. So true. Otherwise you're one of my friends says like, you know, you lose your divergent thinking. Yeah. Which I think is like, it's a, it's one of those mantras. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like you have in order to keep that divergent thinking, you have to keep input. You Mm -hmm. have to keep having new input, having new ideas, considering new things. Mm -hmm. And you had done more of that just. Yeah. Yeah. And outside from- of that, you know, it just is always nice to have an outside perspective. It's yeah. always nice. And people who I had worked with in contemporary art had come to it from other fields. Yeah. They had been scientists, they had wow. been musicians, they had been these other things. And then they moved into visual arts, yeah. but incorporated that other knowledge and, yeah. and practical experience into their into practice. Their yeah. So there are ways that it kind of moves other mm-hmm. ways too, mm-hmm. where people who are coming from like a STEM field, yeah. find something else in, in, a, in a more artistically creative field. Yeah. So yeah, that, but yeah, did moving into theater. Did you feel like, you said earlier, you know, like theater was your sister's thing. Yeah. Did you, did you have, feel like, did you have feelings about that? Like, did you feel like this isn't ever going to be really mine? Uh, mm, um, I don't, I yet, no, no. You I felt like you I just felt a place. I, I, yeah, because we were creating something else. Yeah. yeah. When I finally like let myself be in fully invested. Yeah. No. So you were in that space for two years and then moved to a new space? Um, We were there for five years. I stopped you. Uh, Yeah. 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 I think maybe you were going to say like we were there for two years and then like. Yeah. And then I became like, then I fully like 
invested myself and, and the things, you know, we just have such, we're so different, but we complement each other so That's well. Amazing. And we also, you know, you're siblings, so you can yeah. kind of get through like, there's a little bit of sibling stuff, but yeah. ultimately we're able to accomplish this thing. Yeah. Um, and she's just so good at so many things that I'm not. Yeah. That I, and I respect that. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, that's great. Yeah. That's ideal. It, it's, right? <laughs> yeah, it can be. I, you know, it's, we're still sisters, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like I think and I think we've pushed each other in good ways. Yeah. Um but so the things that I started doing were um a lot of the writing, a lot of the grant writing, a yeah. lot of administrative stuff. Wow. Um a lot of and then I started doing things like set painting yeah. and just helping to craft the space because it's it was such a particular space yeah but we had to be really really creative in how we would put these shows up that's one thing that I've been I've been thinking you know kind of talking about with some of my students recently I think it's easy to look at uh an artist or or probably any kind of person I don't know we're talking about artists Mm -hmm. when they're in their like you know late 30s or or you know whatever just later than wherever you are Mm -hmm. and think like I'm totally overwhelmed by how much stuff you've done, how many skills you have, you know, I'll never get there. But I think like, you know, what you just said of like, you just, you pick up a new thing as Mm -hmm. it's needed. You don't, you don't need everything at once. Yes. You know, like today, like, you know, I have never done a copyright before, but like (laughs) yesterday I was like, I'm learning this today. Yeah. And now I'm, and now I've, I realized I didn't copyright my first album. So I'm oh, going to no. go and do that today. Yes. <laughs> See? Like now I now feel you like, can do that. well, okay. <laughs> well, cause um, you think like these things just happen, you know? And I, it's, yeah. I yeah. Think I, like I thought I had done it, but mm-hmm. then when I was looking, I was like, this isn't here. So <laughs> maybe I did it wrong or something or yeah. I just, it was so long ago. I don't remember, but, um, but yeah, it's like, well now what, now I feel like I could, now I can do this. Or, you know, like I, I like built my website. And when, when I first started that project, I was like, how am I going to build a website? Like, yeah. But now I'm like, I can build a website. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I didn't build it from scratch. I used like a right. great template yeah. that I, <laughs> that I bought from a great company. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, it's just those little things mm-hmm. like little at a time you yeah. build your skill set. Yeah. And you, you build a toolbox and then you take the tools out as you need them. Yeah. Right. Like you're saying, and maybe repurpose them mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Or use it for something that you didn't think it could be used for. Or eventually but, think like, maybe now this is a tool I pay, I charge for. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. And feel, and that's a whole other story about like, I want to talk about it. No, <laughs> no, like a whole <laughs> other thing about how you have compensation and yeah, what. because there are all these things that I've just picked up along the way. I've always kind of had like this, like I said, a, a craft background yeah. and almost like a DIY and like the true yeah. punky kind of sense of it. Like we're going to make it yeah. happen I'm, the I'm, way we can. I'm good at that too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, and so I picked up these skills. I am a modestly talented photographer. Um, I can use, I can do graphic design. Yeah as necessary. Like I do all the design work for the the theater and the photography too, unless we outsource it. And so those are things I've just kind of picked up that people recently have been like, Oh, can you do these things for me? And I'm like, Whoa, I don't, I don't know how I would even. That's what I mean. Like, do you want to talk about that of that? Cause I mean, that, I mean, that's exactly what I meant. Yeah. I, I, I learned this skill that is not what my degree is in, Mm -hmm. but I've learned it. And then like, 
do I charge for it? Mm-hmm. Like, and how I, I can't, for me, it's more about making sure I'm doing something that I want to do. And I, I'm fortunate enough to have a job where it's not something, these other skills I'm getting, I get some pay for sometimes is my source of income. Yeah. So I have a, a job that can support me that I can pick and choose you know, whose photos I want to take or what design work I would want to do. Yeah. Not saying that I am in any way like a master at it or anything, but those are things that I have picked up over the years. Well, it's like you said, it's like the Jill of all trades thing, which is like, you're a master at some things. And then like, you're like, yeah, I can, I can do this. Mm -hmm, I can mm -hmm, do this other thing. mm -hmm. And then, you know, deciding which projects are worth your time. Yeah. And then making sure that your time is, that you're valuing your time, mm-hmm. like, you know, with dollars or in some other way that's equally. Yeah. And people should, this is actually a really good skill. You should be comp- like a really good thing to tell people is if you think you should be paid for it, you should be paid for yeah. it. And someone who respects what you do won't balk at paying for yeah. your skill set. They won't. And that is a sign of, to me, so we um, at Good Company Theater have always paid people who work with us. Um, and it may not be like a living wage. And yeah. a lot of times it can't be a living wage. Yeah. But it is something that we prioritize because this is a capitalist yeah. society. Yeah. People have to make ends meet. Yeah. And a lot of people consider the arts a pastime and something not worth compensating. Yeah. And and there is work involved. Yeah. I respect that. And so money changes hands yeah. because it has to. And I feel strongly about that yeah, as well. I feel you really, have to pay people. You have to pay people in order for it to be a viable community. The yeah. community has to be like supported. Yeah. And if you ever, I think, you know, if you ever, if you ever have this sense of, you know, like entitlement of like, well, we need to get, you know, we need to get this done, but like, we can't pay for it. Like, you don't need it that much. Mm-hmm. Like you're not valuing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that's important. I've had a couple of experiences where, you know, I've been doing a project where someone's like, like not like offers to do something for free, but like mm-hmm. I kind of have the sense that like they would. Mm-hmm. And I just like, I, I, I always pay people mm-hmm. um, because I think like I'm valuing your time. Mm-hmm. Because like I value mine mm-hmm. and like, I don't know, unless like, unless it really is like some kind of a trade, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that's important if we in the arts aren't valuing each other, mm-hmm. like if we are not paying mm-hmm. other artists, like mm-hmm. what kind of a premise are you Yeah, yeah. building your thing on? Right. Yeah. Is it, is it truly, yeah. Is it true? It, 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 it matters to me and it's mattered to us a good company and the places that I have worked, um, yeah. there is always some kind of an exchange that happens. And uh, I feel like recently it's become like this th- idea that, well, you'll we're paying you an exposure. Like yes. you get seen, so that's worth it. Yeah. Which, not always. It's not sustainable. I mean, like, like I said, it's maybe like the first time, you know, yeah. like uh-huh. if you're trying to build something or you're testing something, uh-huh. But like that can never be a sustainable model. You will burn people out. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's a and it's a struggle that we go through at Good Company Theater because I would we would love nothing more than to pay people 
and pay, you know, have it be self-sustaining in a way that is, we have a staff of people and we can pay, but it takes a long time to build that capital. It really does take time and you have to be dedicated to it. Um, but yeah, I, I think that you have to talk about money (laughs) and it's uncomfortable. People don't want to talk about it, but yeah, it matters. It's another one of those things you practice. Mm -hmm. You just, you get a little better at it. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to talk about your play, but is there anything before then? Yeah. So (laughs) there is a lot. So I've always been writing. Um, and a few years into good company theater, I just noticed a trend of like holiday shows, right? Like Mm -hmm. places do holiday shows. Those are big money makers. Yeah. And I was like, but the real way to do it is to just make your own. Yeah. Cause then you don't have to pay people. Right. So I wrote a play and I wrote some songs, um, for that play and we produced it at good company theater and it was, you know, it went well, it went fine. Um, and I was like, all right, that's nice. Like, and also I'm just not, I'm, I'm comfortable just from my experience writing large documents. Yeah. Um, and so the length of a play doesn't concern, that doesn't intimidate me or coming up with these things. You're like, I write grants. Yeah. I write grants. I write, I've written essays. I've, I wrote a thesis. Right. Nothing can be more tedious than a thesis. Yeah. I don't (laughs) have one, but my husband has a PhD and I, Oh my, Oh, I witnessed a a dissertation. Maybe. Sorry. There is something more tedious than a thesis. It's a dissertation. And in like, materials science and like yeah it's a lot of pictures and graphs it's but it's a lot of it's a lot it's It's and just the process like part of part of those things I at least from my experience and my master's thesis was part of what you gain from that is the ability to do that long tedious work that's a skill you have to yeah so I'm not intimidated by that You're like a play? part of it. Yeah. It's I like, got oh, it. please. Like, what are the stakes in this? Someone doesn't see it. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. And so that was, that was fun. And then, um, a few years later, um, I wrote another just kind of little play that we produced one weekend of, and I just started thinking, Oh, I haven't done creative writing in a yeah. really long time. Maybe I should just start thinking about it yeah. and writing and, and so then I was just kind of tooling away at these yeah. little projects. But that's part, just a part of what I do. Like I'm constantly like working on little projects. Yeah. And and again, I over time have developed like a lack of preciousness around yeah. such things. Like it's just a part of kind of how I'm living my life. Yeah. I'm always kind of like writing something or working on something. Yeah. And, and so then I noticed that um, Plan B Theater – they have um, the the Davy Foundation supports yeah. their uh, playwright, the production of a play every year, and I was aging out of the oh yeah of, like <laughs> of the, 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 the restrictions yeah. yeah the range and I had this project I'd been working on for a while, and I submitted it yeah. and I got it that's and so that's great. the play yeah. yeah so it's it's fun we had a reading oh, a few weeks ago of awesome. it and that we have a cast now and everything so. do you know when it's coming when it's yeah so it'll be it's their first show of the 1920 season so this fall i think it's okay. october great mm-hmm. this will definitely be out before then so okay we'll, oh cool yeah yeah, yeah. So, so we'll like link it's it's so fun to just think i don't know to just to me i find it so satisfying to complete projects and yeah. to and to just I'm really happy right now with the life I'm living as like 
I, my, all of the work I'm doing is in creative fields yeah. and I'm able to have the time to focus on personal projects. Yeah. And that is really satisfying to me. I'm trying to think more about that lately too. Like, yeah. you know, on a day to day kind of way, almost everything I do, I really love. Mm-hmm. And it, and the stuff that's hard is like those, those nebulous, like the validation stuff, mm-hmm. like the, promotion Mm -hmm. you know um and i think those are pieces that we just we chip away at um but i think that's really important to like as you're thinking about cost benefit like just thinking like i get to be creative Mm -hmm. i am getting paid for it um like i'm the master of this ship as much as i can be yeah Yeah. it's yeah and i don't take for granted for a second the you know what a privilege it is because yeah. a lot of people, like you said, they start, it, it weeds people out. It's tough yeah. out here. And it, it does take a certain kind of focus to keep pursuing the arts and keeping it integrated in your life or even making money yeah. from it. It does take, and and like I said earlier, it does take some luck. Yeah. Um, and I don't take that for granted at all. And yeah. so the best that I can do is to make it give as much as I can to other people and to, and to create spaces where other people feel like they can maybe pursue that. I think that's amazing. That's a great, like, that's something that's like, I think relatively easy to always check in. Mm -hmm. Like that value isn't going to change. You're never going to like not value that. Yeah. That's a great kind of like go to of like, I am providing a space, like I'm making things, but I'm also saying, Hey, Come and make things yeah, here. Come, yeah, which come is participate in this. Huge. That yeah. means so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, um, is there anything else you want to say about like art, who we are as artists, how your identity is in your art? Oh, no. Aren't you tired of hearing me talk? <laughs> I feel like I've talked a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's a long form podcast because yeah, I feel like it takes some time yeah, to like. Take some, it does take time. I am. Um, I think we've talked about, yeah, I feel like we've and we maybe haven't talked about it like right on the nose of like, you know, is your identity wrapped up in your art? But I think you already kind of mentioned it. Like you use the word integration, like you're mm-hmm. integrating it into your life, mm-hmm. which I think is probably the healthiest way to, to manage that issue of like, who am mm-hmm. I and who is my art is just to say like, I'm Camille, like, I make I art things. sometimes. Yeah. I do these things. I try I, yeah, to be it's creative so funny. in my life. I thought hard. The, one of the big hangups I had about, I didn't have many. There were no real hangups, but something that gave me pause about being, talking with you on this podcast is that I have never quite felt like an artist in the true mm-hmm. sense. I feel more like someone who does these things yeah um and that these things are a part of me and I participate in the arts and I I I consider myself more of a facilitator yeah um even if that is like writing a play it's facilitating the art of all these other people like technical people and like artists yeah (laughs) I know there is there's totally a thing yeah yeah. writing is a thing (laughs) um and it can be in it there it is an art but Yeah. yeah I I have never considered myself an artist, artist like that, but you know, I understand. I listen to this other podcast that's like a business podcast, and the the host always talks about she calls herself a business artist, oh. which I love because she 
she is, you know, like mm-hmm. she works in like fashion and media um, and she's not a designer mm-hmm. and she's not, but she's like, it is art. Like mm-hmm. it is, she is an artist. Um, and I feel like I want more people to be empowered to be like, I am. Yeah. I am an artist. Hmm. And furthermore, there are, I think, a lot of people who do call themselves professional artists who aren't that creative. (laughs) Fair enough. Really, like, they kind of, you know, like, and I, you know, I want to be careful what I say, but like, you know, maybe they they only perform other people's pieces and they do it the same way every time. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, there just, there isn't a lot of stretching. There isn't a lot of growth. And like, I feel like the way that you're talking about these things, like, it's clear to me, like, not that you need, like, my, not that you need my opinion, but, like, <laughs> it's clear to me that you're an artist. You're, you, you, like, you're in the arts, you're thinking about the arts, you're moving through the arts. That's art. Mm-hmm. It is by itself. Um, I interviewed a guy earlier this week, um, Philip Bimstein, who's a composer. He teaches a class at um, the U in like the honors college, I think called composing a community. And he talks about like being a composer in like a very, you know, like he's a a music composer, but like applying those skills to like a community, like, Mm -hmm. like, you know, kind of overlaying, like, no, I am a composer. I can compose notes and rhythms and I can compose like culture and Mm -hmm. I can compose. And like, that's what you're doing. Well, yeah. And and I have, there's no, there's not enough time in the world and no one needs to hear my beef about like what, like the, the notion of a curator, right. And the way people use the term Mm. curate or to curate, but something that I've always taken really personally is this notion in curation of being a caretaker yeah. Um, and caring for an uh, an artist or an art or a practice or something like yeah. that. That is actually a part of it. Yeah. And that I take really personally. Like yeah. taking care of these spaces and people within them yeah. and ideas and expressions in, in, in those spaces. So, yeah, I, I think like a lot about that, that there, there are ways that that expands yeah. out of just artistic practice it's it's an art it's a form of art that's like it's just like kind of overlaying it's Mm -hmm. like it's and I think maybe maybe you sometimes feel like identity issues with like the word art because so much art is like it's like so solitary Mm -hmm. and it's like you know this one person is like a conduit between like an idea and a and a fit and like a product mm-hmm. and you're kind of like you're creating art like with artists yeah and also like just having an art history background there's just such real baggage with this notion of like this individual yes. this master of their own domain usually a man yes. usually a white man who is totally like off-putting not about community arrogant like there's the I have a there are yeah. I do have a lot of hang-ups with like this idea of artist as genius yeah. individual um, who who leaves art everyone in the wake of their art. Yeah, I talked about this with someone I interviewed a couple week, a couple months ago. Who's like a he's a Buddhist, mm-hmm. and he said the same thing. Like people sometimes like to use art as like an excuse for their yes. like total like assholery. Yeah, um, and yeah. like lack of lack of care and lack of attention. So I love that you kind of use some of those words as you're talking about curating mm-hmm. um, and like not being one of those people that's like, I will blame like my total lack of connection 
on like my genius mm-hmm. of like my paintings. Like mm-hmm. it's not. It's just so outdated too. It's it, so outmoded to me. Yeah. Yes. And like, and the value of it is so like, do we have to value that? And mm-hmm. I would say like, no. Yeah. <laughs> you know? like, yeah. But that in terms of like, am I an artist? I get, a, I like trip over that. You a get little a little bit. hang yeah, up like, on it. Whoop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, I think most of us do. Yeah. But, but yeah. Okay. I have like just a final question, which mm-hmm. is what's your dream project? My dream project is um, Good Company Theater becoming like a real mainstay in the theater scene in Utah and having influence outside of of just this small theater community in this state. Yeah. That's my dream project. That's what where I'm focused a lot on. That's awesome. Yeah. I feel like I'm Let in me it. know yeah. how I can help and how I can support this you guys. This is helpful. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's part of my goal like we were kind of talking about before, you know, I I've been feeling lately like my community here is so small and I know it's not real. I know that there are there are other people who are like thinking about things and feeling their way through things and caring about things. But I think we, we're not as connected as we could be, or mm-hmm. at least I'm not. So, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't know that you were, you know, I didn't know about yeah, your theater and well, now I do. We're so. far away, you know, <laughs> I went it's to school it. in Texas. So, I, well, that's true. You know, big, <laughs> yeah, you know, big. <laughs> like, you know, if it's like three hours that I'm like, Mm. <laughs> but if it's like I mean, Ogden, it's an hour. Like, yeah, it's whatever. It's it doesn't feel. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're in Denton, Texas, Dallas is an hour away, and like you're gonna go there <laughs> every day. You know, you go to Dallas. Yeah. Um. Uh. Okay. Where can we find you? Like, what are what are the websites? What's the Instagram? Uh, you can so, say for the theater for yourself. Yeah. Or- so for the theater, um, it's goodcotheater.com. Okay. Um, for my onstage ogden work it's onstageogden.org and okay. all the extensions are on stage ogden um same with good company there's one so it's always like facebook is good co-theater um instagram i think is good company theater okay. there's one that is like a company um personally i'm uh i don't do much that's fine on the yeah. on the you, internet i have all these other things you're personally do. doing all of yeah. that so yeah <laughs> and then for my play at uh plan b theater you can find them plan b theater awesome dot work yeah thank you so much thank you this is great this is really great thank Keep you doing this I, it's important i plan to thank okay. you thank yeah. you so much Thanks for listening to Artifice. Our music is by Jerem Hansen and artwork by Savannah Kiniston. If you'd like to recommend a professional artist for an interview on the podcast, please send me a note through my website, emvocals.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks again. Have a great week.